Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we're going to talk about a concept that we've dealt with for a long time. Uh, the concept that we picked up in, it's called present time consciousness. This is something that is in our world today with the amount of distractions we have especially that little electronic thing that we carry around in our pockets. Yeah, what you're listening to us now on. <laughs> that's, that's one of the biggest probably interrupters right now in present time consciousness. I see it in people driving. I see it in people riding horses. I see it in people training. I see it in so many different places. We have lost our present time consciousness. And we want to inspire you to bring it back so many people today who are working with bringing it back will be doing it through body awareness, through breath, through intentional meditation. There are ways to be in the moment and often a distraction is what uh, is called our monkey brain. The part of your brain that is swinging from trees you may want to look at the reel I posted on uh, on October third uh, because uh, it was reminding me of monkey bars, and the monkey brain literally is tapping you on the shoulder, going, "Look over here! Think over here! Remember yesterday? What about tomorrow?" And it's not healthy. It is. It is not in your best interest to live outside of the moment. You know, you can have your planning time and then come back to self. Yeah. And the human brain processes things a little bit differently. And presence is is actually an automatic process. I mean, you don't think about presence. Uh, It's automatically ingrained in us. So what happens is we have a tendency to, we're so used to doing certain things, whether you're riding your horse or walking your dog or whatever it may be, you just, you, your, your brain has a tendency to wander because you've done these things so many times you don't have to think about it. Your mind becomes attenuated. Something you've done often becomes such a fire in the brain to behavior that you actually can take conscious decision making out of it. Re- we, you know, it's a reflex. Well, I always do that. Well... Okay, if you always do that and allow your body to perform functions without bringing your mind along, you lose experience instead of gaining experience in daily behaviors. And like she said, you're, you're missing things. You're missing a lot of things. And if you're a trainer and you're training an animal, if you don't have present time consciousness... You miss that chance to reward good behavior because you'll probably notice the bad behavior because that's something that's like a a pattern interrupt. You know, it's it's something that's outside of what would be normal. So that has a tendency to catch your attention. But the normal good behavior, which is just as necessary to reward as it is to punish bad behavior. Way more necessary. Way more necessary. Way more necessary. And we miss it. We miss so many opportunities, and that helps create the relationships with the animal, a relationship on a whole different level. Oh, if I do this, they appreciate that. 
So then they start doing it more and more and more, and then it becomes commonplace, and then we stop rewarding them for it. Oh, our animals, all species, humans included, love rewards. Love being told it's a good job authentically. And being in the moment and fully engaged in the moment, you can anticipate things and steer in the direction you want to go. If you don't notice until after the aberrant behavior happens, then you're in a position where it's either dangerous or you have to correct it or you've lost it. And if you're so there and you're working on that presence, the tiny little glitches can be redirected to exactly what you want to happen. Yeah, and and having worked with a, our a dog trainer many times on, with our dogs, one of the things the dog trainer always says was, you have to be able to notice when the behavior starts that you want to change. And if you're not present, completely present, you may notice, you may not notice that little ear twitch or that change of breathing or the tense, tension in some part of the body that shows up first so you can stop the behavior. And that's your point of intervention. And I can't tell you how many times recently people have showed us and said, um, videos, what's wrong with my horse? And you watch the video of them jumping and you went, well, he warned you at the jump at jump three and then again at jump five and you jumped jump six before he did and then he rushed to come up with you and finally had enough. But the cues, the cues, the cues were there and it was very obvious that the humans often are already on the next jump, already on the next class, rather than being present because they've done it so many times before. They get it. They know where they're going, so they're just on automatic pilot. It's kind of like having your car on automatic pilot decide to um, park at a fire hydrant. There's some decision-making that still requires human thought. Oh, no, anything but that. <laughs> but we have to be aware. We have to get outside that little electronic device we carry with us and pay attention to what's going on while we're doing it. And, you know, uh, there are simple ways to bring yourself back into your body. When driving a car, if your mind wanders, and I'm sure a few of you out there have driven past where you're going, gone to a familiar place when in fact you were attempting to go somewhere else because you put yourself on automatic pilot. Some of the simplest interventions to bring yourself back in your body is breathing and counting. Inhale to 10, exhale to 10 if you can. Inhale to wherever you can get to. Correctly, deep abdominal breathing. Exhale by allowing your body to give you feedback. Another way when you're driving is to clench the, the steering wheel intentionally, not because it's raining and you're lost, but tighten, 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 and relax, relax, relax. At 10 and 2, of course. So you can intentionally go, I'm, I'm going to check in with me right now in ways that don't affect the behavior that you're doing or positively affect the behavior that you're doing. It's a matter of being present time conscious. 
because it's, it's a habit that we've gotten out of in our world. We have TVs to distract us, radios to distract us, phones to distract us. Uh, and I, I see this so much now, and especially you go to the mall and you watch these kids walking around. I don't know how they get anywhere because they're staring at their phones most of the time. Uh, it's, it, you can walk right in front of them and they, they don't notice. And How about at the horse show? Uh, I, in front of cars, in front of horses that are moving yes. forward. It, it's being, and, and it, they are in the moment. They're just not in their bodies. <laughs> so we need present time consciousness is actually being conscious of your place in the world around you, not only in your inner dialogue. And it's remarkable how many more things you notice. I mean, how many of you have driven uh, with, with children in the car or perhaps with adults who like to play uh, with I spy? And you're driving and you're noticing, I spy with my little eye, something yellow, something this. And it's a game of presence. It's, it's a way of, you know, and, and it's important to be present to what is nurturing for you in the moment. It is not useful when you're running an agility course or jumping Grand Prix field to go, oh, look, bird. You know, it, there's, there's the presence of where you are and what you're doing is involved in that PT, we call it PTC. And it's been a factor in being successful in your terms because you're present in your terms. The human brain is designed to perceive presence automatically. I've said that already. But perceiving the absence of something requires more time, more effort, and more attention. The innate brain bias causes us to miss chances to reward our animals because we weren't paying attention. Because we notice the behavior, bad behavior when it comes. But did you notice the absence of that bad behavior? I had this conversation with um, a corgi yesterday uh, <laughs> and, his, and his owner. Uh, but it was, how many of you have ever said, don't do that to a dog? Right? I have. Stop that. Well, that's not a really useful command. So if we start noticing when they're standing still, when they are uh, calm in the cross ties, when they are not, when they are standing four legs on the ground rather than jumping up on someone and constantly like, that's great, that's wonderful. You know, tactile stimulation, petting, making it pleasurable to notice these good behaviors and then having your presence of mind to preempt the jump, preempt the you know uh, misbehavior on a cross ties with constantly rewarding the good behavior. And as you notice a shift, give them something else to do. Positive reinforcement. In a dog's case, instead of saying, you know, don't do that, it's sit heal, stay, some actual behavior you can do. With the horse, it's as they start to shift, it's settle, petting them, get, your, get yourself into a good position, lift up a foot, redirect their energy 
and use your breath, use your presence, because you can bring a horse into present time consciousness by calming down, because they're herd animals and they're likely to follow you. Nothing's 100% on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hopefully they're likely to follow you. But, you know, a lot of animals' natural tendency is, is learning by testing because they don't understand your words. So they go, oh, did you mean this? Oh, did you mean this? Oh, did you mean this? So they try five different things, and you have to be ready and present to be able to award the right behavior. And then consistently reward that right behavior. Not just the one time, because you think they got it one time and you're done? Yeah, that's probably not the greatest training aspect in the world. You want to make sure that they can repeat it over and over again. And if they get to the point where you stop rewarding them for it, then they start testing you with something else. Oh, 100%. And this doesn't mean it has to be treats. It does no, not, please. Definitely not it treats. does not, because they become, again, attenuated. And what's fascinating is, as Dave was saying, they'll try something else, try something else. If you reward them during an aberrant behavior, there's an association that says, huh, I got a treat when I smash my head against the stall. Therefore, that's cause and effect. So what we want to do is be so present and rewarding with our words, with our breath, with tactile stimulations, with, with ways that make them more comfortable for them to go, yeah, I want to do more of that. And when they test, rather than smacking them upside the head because they tested, bring them to a good behavior and reward that. It's fascinating how your presence in the moment can help create the behaviors that you want. And your attitude at the moment. <laughs> Has a lot to do with it, too. It's, it's being able to f watch when it's happening and when it's not happening and know how to reward. Reward, a lot of times, is just meaning taking the pressure off. Right. You know, just... Dropping the reins. Yeah, dropping the reins. Uh, giving the dog free time, going free, and let him run around and be free. It's taking the pressure off can be as big a reward or a bigger reward than handing him a treat. Oh, absolutely. Ab absolutely. And, and taking the pressure off yourself as well. And what's amazing about using your PTC, your present time consciousness, it makes you filter the world in a way that looks for good behavior. You know, and that's a really happy place to live when you're like, oh, somebody's doing something right. It's like walking down the street and going, hey, nice hat. You know, I, I don't know anyone other than someone hatless who would be offended by having someone reward them because you took the time to notice something. And in our, in our animal interactions, it's amazing. And as Dave said before, often what happens is we're in our own little worlds doing what we always do, and then the animal misbehaves. That brings us back to consciousness, so we react with a sigh or a grimace. And horses in particular can recognize facial expressions from even pictures of disgruntled faces. 
and you'll see ears back, they will feel punished. So it's, and, and without redirecting them, all they know is this is bad, I'm going to do something else, and sometimes the something else is worse. You have to learn to teach the positive, okay? Begin to think in terms of, of what you want from your animal. Do stand still, do move forward, do walk on, do observe those scary things calmly. Do slow down when asked. Rely on me. Because that's what they want. They're, those animals rely on you. They look to you. If you're calm, they can be calm. If you're nervous and upset, they're going to be nervous and upset. Because they're feeding off of you. Once you build that relationship with that animal, they rely on you. They look to you. Remember, it's predator, prey. In the horse world, for sure, and in the dog world, it's pack. It's and pack. be yep. the leader of the pack, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a, you got to turn your mindset upside down just a little bit. You know, look, you know, not just from the don'ts to the do's, okay? It's I not as easy as it might seem because it's so easy to find the misstep, but it's really hard to always reward that thing that they do so well. And... This leaves you with an attitude of gratitude. It makes you looking for the behaviors you want and reminding yourself in the moment, I'm so grateful for this, for the habit we're creating of doing things together in a healthy way. Thank you for listening. This has been an Equiline Podcast. I am Dr. Dave Lundquist. I'm Dr. Wendy Corrin. Have an attitude of gratitude day.